Welcome back to Views from Third Man. For those of you who are first-time listeners, this is a cricket podcast where you look at the events in world cricket from a fan's point of view. We're one third of the way through the IPL, and so today I thought we'd do something interesting on the podcast. We'd talk about various different trends that have emerged in the IPL so far. IPL 2023 has been one of the most interesting editions of the IPL. We started off with a lot of one-sided games, then got some really close encounters. And now on the eve of one of the biggest blockbusters, Bangalore versus Chennai, I'm recording this podcast as sort of a way to assess what's happened so far in the IPL. The impact player has created a lot of changes, and I think that's led to our first trend. The emergence of two different blocks of teams, all fighting for slots for qualification. The first, of course, are the teams at the top of the points table. You have Rajasthan, Gujarat and Lucknow. Three teams that have actually been incredibly dominant in this IPL and that's because of the way they've used the impact player. Both all three sides play a combination of five batsmen, five bowlers, one all-rounder. You bring in an impact player and increase the number of all-rounders, all of a sudden you're playing with... 78 batting options or 78 bowling options depending on what your strength is that allows different players to step up at different points of time and for you to step away from essentially the rest of the teams in the IPL so Rajasthan of course have used the impact players really well we saw the kind of impact Zub Jarel had LSG again same story as with the Gujarat Titans who have a habit of pulling off miracles those three teams have kind of broken away from everyone else Right below them, though, you have various teams that are either on four or six points, dependent solely on matches played. There's Punjab, KKR, Chennai, Bangalore, Mumbai and Hyderabad. If you look at the structure of all these teams, these teams, I would say, are equally as strong as the top three on paper. But the impact player is not having as much of an impact in the actual playing eleven. That's because each of these sides already has a balanced team. You look at a team like Chennai. Chennai is designed to give MS Dhoni a lot of options to play around with on the field. They back till number 9 and have 6-7 to seven bowling options already. Therefore, bringing in an impact player doesn't have that much of an effect on how they play their cricket. There's no miracle that the impact player can really pull off. Similarly, a team like Bangalore has designated roles for batsmen. So, bringing in somebody like an Anuj Rawat to be the impact player like they did in Delhi let him scoring at a strike rate in the 80s in a T20 game, which isn't exactly what you want. A team like Kolkata can bring in Suyash Sarma as a spinner Though that may help, he's pretty much the only designated impact player they have. You thought MI would use Piyush Chavla as an impact player? He's part of their playing eleven. So, sometimes the composition of teams is structured in such a way that it doesn't accommodate to have an impact player in the first place. I think that's created a zift between the in the teams in the IPL. There's the teams on the top who are well-suited for the impact player and the other teams who are still very good in playing good cricket but the impact player simply isn't playing as much of a role. Now, I talked about what KKR have done with the impact player, bringing in Suya Sharma. I also want to talk about the importance of spin in the middle overs. That's the second trend. Chehel and Rashid Khan will obviously do well. They do that every year in the IPL. But I'm incredibly fascinated by the way somebody like Asuya Sharma has been used by the Kolkata Knight Riders, where on a turning track like we saw in that game against Bangalore, he just comes in, takes wickets and doesn't really do anything else for them because he doesn't have to. That's what his role is. Breaking those partnerships, getting wickets. 
Piyush Chabla has done that for Mumbai. Karan Sharma has done that for Bangalore. Hasan Anga has now come in. Um, the Sunrisers had Mayank Malkande, who's doing really well. Kuldeep Yadav is having a great season. Zavi Bishnoi is having a good season. Of course, there's Chehel and there's Rashid Khan. The only team that really doesn't have that standout leg spinner who stood up this time is Punjab. Rahul Chehel hasn't done much for them yet. But leg spinners have been particularly dominant in the middle overs. I think the impact player, once again, has a role to play over here. If a team is batting first, and you'll notice most leg spinners do well when the team bats first, or the opposition bats first. So, the leg spinner comes into bowl. Leg spinners tend to get wickets when teams take risks against them. If you bring in an extra batsman as an impact player and are playing with more batting firepower, it's okay to take risks. That inherently means that the odds of leg spinners taking more wickets is greater. But teams sometimes get carried away and just go for it. They go for it, they take risks while batting and that's why a player like a Chehel is so deadly because he relies on batsmen trying to attack him. You could very easily play out Chehel for 25 to 30 runs a game. But batsmen choose to go after him because he tempts them into doing that. That's why he's so successful and that's why he has the purple cap. So... That's two trends so far. The impact player and how it's led to the importance of spin in the middle overs. But there's one other trend and this is a historic trend in the IPL that I want to talk about. We've seen with the Lucknow team, with the Rajasthan team, with the Punjab team, with the Mumbai team also as we saw in that game against Delhi and actually with Delhi as well. You cannot be reliant on your overseas players to give you results. I think the best example of this would actually be the, um, Delhi's campaign this year in the IPL. Their core is centered around Warner and Marsh, and it hasn't been successful this year. Warner, Marsh, and Nokia. A few years ago, what was their core? It was an Indian core. You had Shikhar Dhawan, Shreyas Ayer, Rishabh Pant, Ravi Ranjan Ashwin, Aksar Patel. That was your core. They haven't retained their Indian core and are relying on their overseas pros to get the job done, and that's not happening. Another team that's getting away with that so far in the IPL is Lucknow. But I genuinely believe that that will go against them at some point of time. We saw in the game that they played against Bangalore. Yes, Poodan pulled off a miracle. But once Virat Kohli knocked Mark Wood out of the equation with those shots that he hit, the batsmen scored mountains of runs. What happened in that game with Stoinis and Poodan winning that, pulling that rabbit out of a hat is not going to happen every single time. Similarly, yesterday, Rajasthan were playing Gujarat, the two most competitive teams in the IPL. Yes, Rajasthan won, but after Butler got out, you could tell there was panic. Samson really pulled off a miracle over there again. You can't rely on your overseas players to win you the tournament. They add to your Indian players' strengths. Your Indian players have to form your actual core. That's why I think a team like Gujarat or a team like Chennai will always be strong because their success is based on Indian players doing well. IPL 2023 has been so exciting so far and I'm so excited to have had the opportunity to really watch this tournament in full flow this time. We haven't been able to cover the tournament in the podcast for a while in this kind of depth. It's been a lot of fun. Personally, I think Rajasthan are going to be the first team to qualify this year. And these are just some of the trends that I saw in the IPL this time. And we'll come back again after another 20 or 20 so games are over to see what's happening in the IPL then. But until then, thank you so much for tuning in.